Hey there, doctor. Hey, Jeremiah. Thanks for coming on. We'll keep it short and sweet. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Human Behavior Show podcast. Uh, We've been doing this coming to the end of the season, and I had to get on my dear friend, Jeremiah. Uh, One of the first people I met on this social audio kind of space, Um, and Jeremiah has been incredible. He got me involved a lot. Jeremiah uh, used to talk about tech and wellness, and it was super cool. I'm getting involved. We did like a CES show. We did various shows together, actually. <laughs> a lot. Jeremiah's a really good friend. And now he's at Rally Network. Um, and he got me involved with Rally as well. Jeremiah's kind of got like a mentor for me, like a virtual no, mentor. No, you're my met. mentor. I've learned so much <laughs> from you life. on wellness, you know, and, and actual medicine. So I'm grateful for our friendship and partnership. No, no, I'm glad to have met you. And, and guys, this episode will be available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We keep them very short and sweet. So it's going to be a very short one, but we'll get to know Jeremiah and what he's up to. So Jeremiah, first of all, before we go into a bit of the wellness and tech and some of the stuff you're up to, tell us like what your role is right now and, and what have you been up to kind of, you've done a lot of different things and I've seen kind of, you know, even your setup is pretty cool in that kind of like that, that Airstream van. That, that yeah, I'm in it right now. <laughs> You're in it right now. I mean, I've not seen that before. I know you're in California and one of the places I really want to move to for a bit is Silicon Valley. And you said you'd welcome me with open arms. So tell the listeners, um, what do you do? Sure. Um, I love tech trends and I love to be in the forefront of where tech is going. And in the early phases of my career, I was there in the dot com and then social media, the sharing economy. Uh, tech and wellness. I was there when that market started to grow and we were talking about that, especially during the pandemic that came to the forefront. And then um, I started to get involved in Web3 and um, and I was an advisor to Rally and launched my own coin and then invited you uh, with your coin and many other friends that we know. And I was invited to become the CE- CMO Chief Marketing Officer of the Network Association, which is the nonprofit that runs their core protocol, the software. And so I'm doing that now full time as a uh, Chief Marketing Officer. Um, but of course, wellness is you know something I take seriously and and practice. And you know, I was at CrossFit at 5 a.m. this morning, like many mornings, and you know, trying to manage my health, especially during these times of uncertainty. Um, the only thing you can manage is really the way you treat yourself and the way you treat others. Yeah, Jeremiah, I love that. And you're someone who, who um, you know, practices what they preach. You're very passionate about wellness and tech, and you're always on top of the insights. You're super fascinated by the new innovations that come out. On Twitter, I'm always reading your tweets. Anything that's new, I know all of Jeremiah. Social audio space was pretty new when we met. And, um, you know, you set up Wellness Club. It got a big membership as well. I know you do Twitter spaces and... Before that, you obviously a speaker at conferences, and you and, and you're a very good organizer of people. I remember you organized that. Room. I love that. Thanks. <laughs> yes, I mean, yeah, incredible. That's why I've, I've learned, um, especially just being on Clubhouse, um, of how you kind of conducted things so professionally. And when I knew I was in a room with Jeremiah, I knew it would be a high value room. Right, there was no nonsense. It was actually enjoyable at the same time, but it wasn't one of those rooms that would go on for hours and not end. It, Forty-five minutes, an hour, whatever of high value. You leave learning something new, and I, and I love the approach you had while still being friendly and you know not too corporate. Oh, thanks. Um, yes, yeah, so I have a passion for all things tech and and um, what it means. Um, would love to talk about what I'm seeing in, in the tech yeah. space and as it crosses over to crypto. And the Web three market, yeah, Jeremiah. 
but a lot of the listeners of my podcast are super into wellness tech founders as well. So please tell us, so what are the current insights? What are you seeing? Uh, you know, I know you've been in a lot of conferences right now at Web3 Meets Wellness. Yeah, great. And uh, your signal is cutting out just a little bit, just so you know. Um, maybe it's on my end. So I just got back from the Austin um, conference called Consensus, and it was their first year in Austin. Um, they took a year or two off because of the pandemic, unfortunately. I, before that, I was in New York. And this event um, is one of the largest Web3 events. Uh, Web3 means cryptocurrency and blockchain. And there was a number of players from the wellness space that started to emerge. Um, one of them was called Sweat.io. And essentially, I met the CMO, uh, and Jess, and she was telling me how you could download the app. And as you move around, you can earn uh, tokens. So you move, move to earn. And it's an app that installs on your smartphone, and it connects to your pedometer and your accelerometer. So when, when you are moving, it is tracking your movements. And so for walking, you would receive a, a small portion of their token, the sweat coin, and you could receive more, of course, if you're doing more vigorous exercise. They had um, some buyouts, um, sponsored locations, and they also had a street team that was uh, leading these efforts um, and teaching people how to use it on the streets of Austin. And they had like a walking map and it would tell you, you know, how far you could go and how much you can earn. And so it was a great way to really encourage people to get to get healthy. Um, I'm not quite sure what their long-term business model is, but they've been around for several years. So they're obviously doing something right. And so that's one example. Um, another one is called Dose Token. And I have um, prior, I was an advisor to this company before I took on a full-time role. I just got too busy. And that's run by my friend Keith out of Hong Kong. And their company originally had the 22 Push-Ups app, which became a, a big hit on um, mobile devices where you would put the phone under you and you turn on the camera in selfie mode. And it would track how you are doing push-ups because it would be looking for your body and light movement. Uh, they also did a squat app that was using augmented reality. And you could see if the person was doing squats and it would give you virtual points. However, they realized that with the rise of crypto that they could tie that in. And so they launched the DOS token. And if you remember our discussions from DOS, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins, that acronym, which was created by um, some folks in the tech bonus space, I told the CEO about that. And he said, I'm going to go with that and turn it into the DOS token. So my conversation <laughs> with him resulted in the name of the company and the product. So DOS token was through my interactions with uh, the company I advised. And so they're using that as a way to you know, connect to different things. And since then, they're starting to integrate and partner with the Bored Apes. Uh, you know, using the ape coin. So they're part of the Animoca family, which is well partnered with uh, the apes and Animoca owns uh, Sandbox, the big VR company. So that's kind of an example of how um, crypto and fitness. Um, the last example is there, the first player in the space was called Limpo, L-Y-M-P-O, where you could do squats to earn, and it would be a visual camera that would track your movements and you could earn a train ticket in um, Russia at a train station. So it's encouraging people to be healthy and in return, they would receive um, municipal services. So there's just a few examples how all these things are starting to tie tech, wellness, and Web3 all coming together. That's incredible, Jeremiah. And 
no doubt you're you're on top of those. But I remember when you mentioned first dose in, in one of my rooms, and I loved that acronym. <laughs> and no surprise it got used. I mean, <laughs> I think you should have patented it 100%. Yeah. <laughs> And then with that, I mean, sweat coin, I've been aware of that company for, for a few years now. And yeah. they actually reached out to me to partner with, with my relationship wellness app. Oh, um, good. And it's a super interesting concept, as you said, because exercising, we know for not people like me and you who have, you know, got the habit, we're used to it. We know the benefits for a lot of people. It's the circumstances they're in makes exercise hard, especially with, you know, especially workouts, children, family, it's the first thing to go. And incentivizing people we know from behavioral psychology does work. We know humans are wired to need incentives to do things, especially monetary rewards. So it'll be interesting to see how, you know, giving tokens, which essentially can be traded for money, helps people get fitter. And, and I think that's a really interesting concept. And it's been interesting seeing Sweatcoin's journey. So it's very interesting that you saw them at the conference. And... um we know wellness is going into Web3 now. Um, a lot of these companies that I've worked with or partnered with in social audio, 8Sleep, Whoop, right. etc., they do have a strategy that is looking at NFTs. How can they, because the utilities, I'm part of the, I don't know if Jeremiah, you are, I'm part of the Apex Optimizers um, NFT club. Are you? I don't know what that group is, so no. Yeah, so I'll quickly explain. So essentially Please. Apex Optimizers is run by, Rachel Sanders, she's a Stanford grad, Stanford Harvard grad, and she has a company called Routine, which is personalized nutrition supplements. And at the same time, she founded these kind of NFTs, which look like leopards, right? There was a whitelist in October. She hit me up. And it's a community for, I guess, people like you, Jeremiah, tech, wellness, anyone in the human performance space, doctors, people enthusiastic about health, athletes, things like that, people like that. And um, it's called Apex Optimizers. And that was the only NFT I own, the one I got into. And they give rewards. So they've got brand deals with Sleep and all these other companies. And for holding one, they have giveaways. So you may win or you may be able to get some type of reward. So for example, so far, I got three months free virtual training, which is, you know, can, 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 can be uh, difficult to attain through um, an app called Fitio. Yeah. It was really good. It was through Fitio. I was in the East Asia. I was in Asia at the time and he was in America and he kept Instagram. He kept Instagramming saying that across the pond training. And I said virtual training from a, an app in America whilst I was in Asia. And it was all due to the Apex Optimizers, the three month thing, I, three month membership I unlocked. So it's pretty interesting and it, and it gets us. And we have a Discord channel where we're talking about the latest um, announcements, what's happening in. In, in wellness and technology and human performance. So for me, NFTs become a very interesting utility for community formation. I know, Jeremiah, you're way better versed than me in Web3. So can you do a breakdown of what Web3 is and, and yeah. why you're bullish on it? And I should have done that up front. I apologize. Uh, so Web3 is the movement where cryptocurrencies and blockchain are powering the future of the internet. And the key attribute that is used in that is decentralization. Uh, so let's talk about the problem. So the problem is uh, Web 2, you know, and, you know, the sharing economy, the gig economy, and frankly, Web 1, um, any of these big e-commerce or search engines and where the power was supposed to be with the people, those that are users, people that are creating content like you, people that are driving the cars, people that are lending out their homes. And the, and the power of the Internet was supposed to distribute that power to those that are using it. That was the initial promise. 
but something along the way went awry where it ended up being centralized with just a handful of a few people, smart people uh, that certainly built some of these things. And they do, of course, deserve um, upsides, uh, but they have full ability over governance, um, data, uh, decisions, and the financial upside. And so there's an imbalance. So Web3, the goal is to provide a balance um, and aligned incentives between the the community and the developer users. And that would, of course, mean more loyalty. So, for example, healthcare companies have patients, uh, you know, bent over, literally. (laughs) Um, And pharma companies, right, have all the power, oil companies and telecom and big tech. So instead, could the users, the patients, the people, the consumers, the citizens, could they use the internet where they have control over their data and identity and can make decisions as a collective, including even for their healthcare? So Web3 has significant impacts to every industry, starting with tech, but then cascading outwards into insurance, pharmaceuticals, health, and wellness. And that is quite the roadmap and, and for, for a lot of these companies to go into Web3 and a big promise of how creators and people in the community can really benefit more than just it being a one-sided platform. Yes, so, that's right. So with Web3, the most kind of buzzwords we hear is either a social token or NFT and NFT more so. So with NFTs, how I describe the Apex Optimizers community, do you see brands? I mean, I think, was it... Um, was it Nike or one of the brands? Was it Adidas? They announced some type of NFT type of partnership as well. And I know my, my friend, the Sejuanis, I'm going to get on uh, the podcast as well. They own the Damak Group in Dubai and they're doing luxury watches, for example, away from consumer wellness. And they're billionaires and, and they're selling property in the metaverse as well as having yes. a luxury watch group, right? And I hosted them over on another social audio app. Um, and he really enjoyed the, the Web3 and, and the NFT community. And I will invo- bring him on to call it as well. So do you see more and more brands go this way? Absolutely. I was tracking the brands all up until um, the end of January. I tracked them for like four or five months um, and how they're launching NFT projects. And in most cases, they were consumer brands, consumer packaged goods, durable goods, media companies. And they would launch these NFT projects um, often as collector's items or using them as a way of engagement or marketing engagement with their customers or using them as membership passes. And that's right. Uh, Nike did acquire an augmented reality company called Artifact, which would uh, turn your shoes into amazing visual designs using augmented reality, which would also become NFTs as the asset. And then secondly, Adidas, they partnered with the Board Ape uh, Yacht Club and they're creating their own special um, fashion wear using them. And they are also integrated with the Sandbox Metaverse, uh, which is a full-on experience that uses crypto NFTs as well as uh, social tokens. So, yes, big brands are absolutely embracing that. I can't think offhand how many wellness or health companies that are really involved. It tends to be you know, consumer packaged goods like food, that's probably the closest. Um, and then uh, sports apparel. So we'll have to see how that market starts to form up. They're probably concerned about regulation because they're already well regulated. Yes, yeah, sports become super interesting because I, I know a founder who hit me up and he was talking about almost making NFTs for athletes with their stats, their data of, you know, say for in football, how many goals they've scored, their 
45 percentage and stats like that and you own that nft and i can imagine someone like ronaldo having a big fan base and his fans buy his nft and they get some type of i don't know reward or personalized you know message from ronaldo or something if that's feasible but essentially i think there is value and you know we know merchandise is so so successful so i can imagine for sports um nfts becoming very successful in that same um the same idea and concept as well but jeremiah i might might have to do pushback here <laughs> um, with what's happening currently in the market you know you touched on a bit earlier um do you see any stagnation in this web3 space or will this continue to accelerate so for those that are listening in later or are not familiar with this market there's been a significant pullback in the market um there, of course there's been some you know macroeconomic trends that have been occurring uh so a year ago the crypto space was worth around 3 trillion and now it just crested under under 1 trillion it's floating around that so there's been a significant amount of funds that have been liquidated and that have as of course created um quite a few waves um negative waves within this market um, with that said, there's still investors in this space that are um, putting money into these projects, but of course at a reduced valuation, so they're buying at a discount, and um, there are still people who are using it. There's still a, a number of conferences where people are very excited to attend. For example, next week is NFT NYC, which is a very large conference, um, so people are still excited to go to those. They're those who are believers that I guess maybe those that didn't liquidate as much, they're still very much involved. Um, this market has had extreme fluctuation up and down over the last few years. And initially, the promise was that it would have been a hedge against inflation. But now I don't think that's true. Uh, people end up just liquidating the crypto assets first before liquidating stock assets. Uh, but in a bull run market, people are more likely to purchase it. So the the extremities up and down in the crypto market are more extreme than in the traditional stock market. And that's something that I, of course, had to um, protect my, myself. I'm involved in the space um, full time. Now, with that said, um, innovation happens in a down market. We've seen this time and time again, where Uber came out of this down market. Um, when there's times of need, uh, these the companies in the dot-com era, there was a shakeout and those that survived became the big winners, eBay, Google, Amazon as examples when there was many other competitors uh, to their left and their right. So we'll see through this process who is going to be the big player at the end. Um, the true adopters and the innovators will remain and the tourists have gone home. So we'll see the people who are... Um more serious about the space to execute so it might get rid of the noise you're saying uh i don't know if the noise will go away ever <laughs> <laughs> so that was the, the hype the noise okay yeah, so, that's, yeah there's definitely a lot of hype in the, in the market on the consumer retail side for sure yeah and so with all of this happening and now you know i know a lot of startups and founders looking at they were going to integrate a lot of social tokens into apps and products they were forming is that still the way to go? And I mean, I know you work at Rally and, and I've got my dot coin at Rally, which I'm super grateful for and, you know, helped engage my community. I use it for various different functions in, in the human behavior community. I continue to think of different ways of utilizing it. It's a more palatable way 
of value exchange, I feel. And also people feel more connected in community when they have something which is, you know, labeled in, in such a way. I understand the psychology behind that rather than just being like, hey, pay me, you know, $15 or whatever for this or $50 or whatever. It's just, I think, I think it's a mechanism. It works. I think um, when I was new to it, I didn't understand it, I'll be honest. And it took me a few months to get my head around social tokens and crypto and Web3. But now I'm at the stage where I definitely think and believe that this is something tangible and something all companies should be looking at. And it was interesting because similarly, when I hosted um, my friend Ali Sajwani, um, for a, for a social audio room, he talked about how he was so skeptical about this space. And now he is the biggest believer. I mean, he, he is they're almost doing all their projects. He convinced his dad, who is the the founder of the Damak Group in Dubai, and they just bought Roberto Cavalli last year, um, the Italian brand, and now they just bought a Swiss jewelers. So they're like billionaires. And now he's convinced his dad to literally make all their projects Web three. That's how insanely convinced he has become from being so skeptical. Um, yeah, I so was skeptical just, too yeah. of crypto, you know, many years ago, and it took me a while to understand and see the utility. So that's, I think, that's where I'm focused on. It's like, how can this this be used for actual value exchange, um, not just some speculative asset? I'm less interested in that. And Jeremiah, you're always an early adopter, so you know when you're adopting something, I always have my eye on that, right? And, and finally, I know I know you, you do have to run as well, but for the last segment of the, the show, let's do a bit of a recap on where you think wellness is going now. I know you were super involved at the start of the pandemic. Everything became remote. People were buying things like Aura Rings and Whoops and all these wearable devices and, you know, connected fitness was a big thing. We had Uluman, Peloton, the increase in stock. Now, two years on, how do you feel we're looking after our bodies? Do you think we're going more towards back to physical spaces? Do you think remote work is the future with Elon Musk's recent announcement? I'd love your take on that as well. And I'm asking a lot of questions to finish this off. And, and your lifestyle, tell us about that. Do you think that is sure. the best way to live? So we've definitely seen a pullback on the valuation of Peloton, um, which was the darling of the the pandemic, as well as other pandemic logos and brand, which is quite unfortunate. Uh, they were overvalued. So I'd want to see what the valuation is and then how the adoption rates have been with Aura and, and Whoop and many of these companies, which were you know, very hard to even fulfill their supply chain orders, given what's happening with the reduction in supply of even chips. So um, I would want to see that. And I don't have that data. I haven't looked at it carefully. But I I have certainly heard and seen people going back to the physical gyms. People still crave that that community. And while social audio has been wonderful as, for us to make a friendship, and I haven't met you in person yet, but we will, um, you know, I feel very much bonded and close to you. But I would rather see you in person. I would rather, you know, do a, a hike with you or fitness with you in person. Um, and digital is great. But when you are with somebody physically, and I felt this last week when I was at that conference, I was with people that I only knew online and finally got to meet them in person. And then it really seals the deal when you see them or shake their hand, or in some cases you give them a hug. So I, I do think people crave that in person when they can. Uh, that That is not talking about work, uh, working from the office. That's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about wellness and, and social interaction uh, in that context. Um, so regarding my my personal thing, I, you know, it's pretty much the same. I've been very consistent. 
Um, I do fitness as many times as my body will allow me to recover per week. So uh, typically four times a week of um, intense uh, metabolic conditioning, I go to CrossFit, and which does strength and weight training. And then I commit to 10 minutes of stretching after each class individually on my own. Um, as I'm a middle-aged person and I need to do that and I'm seeing incremental gains, but at least I'm not degrading, which can happen when people do fitness and don't stretch. And then I maintain a pretty clean diet, pescatarian, try to, and I manage my weight. I weigh in um, actually daily and I write down what did I do yesterday so I can understand um, what the weight change is. And I realize uh, you're not advised always to do that daily, but it helps me to maintain uh, where I want to be. So yeah, that's um, how I'm living my life and um, um, try to rid myself of, um, I don't drink alcohol anymore. I used to, like I did in my early days. So just trying to have a clean life so I can sustain for many years and serve my family and friends and my, my clients and, and uh, just uh, enjoy life as much as possible. Thank you for Thanks, having Jeremy. me. So <laughs> no, great day for you, Jeremy. Thank you so much. Finally, where can people follow you? And then the final sure. question was, um, yeah. how living out of your, your van, how, how is that? And then the benefits of remote <laughs> Yes, yeah, so I work out of an Airstream, which is a um, an RV uh, or a, a travel camper that's referred to in Europe. And Airstream is a very beautiful silver, like um, looks like a Coors Light can. <laughs> it's like a bullet. And um, yes, I work in it. And it's in my backyard. Um, I don't live in it. I live in a house, fortunately. Uh, it's in my backyard as my office and I use it as a, f- a full-time office and I expense it as a business expense. Um, it, uh, it's a full-on uh, tax write-off because uh, it is a phys- the physical office for me. And so I purchased that before the pandemic and uh, it is actually appreciated, which is uh, pretty rare. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, where can everyone follow you and, and follow your insights? Thank you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, J Ao Yang. Uh, it's my first initial last name. Thank you, Jeremiah. Thank you so much, <laughs> Thank Dr. You. I appreciate the time today. Love connecting with you as always and hope to get you back on another show. I'm just going to finish up the show. So Jeremiah, I'll catch you soon. I'm just closing out the show. And guys, this will be available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify um, as all our other episodes on Colin. And we had Jeremiah here today on the episode. A friend of mine who I've been lucky enough to kind of interact with, someone who has guided me through my navigation of all things Web3, consumer apps. And we've been able to talk a lot about wellness and where wellness is going. And for those listening to this episode, I 100% um, encourage you to follow Jeremiah if you want to stay on top of what's happening in tech, there's a lot of public speaking, stays on top of what's happening in Web3, as you see with his current role as well. And I want to tell the story of actually how I was approached for Rally when I built my human behavior community. And it you know, was the first community to reach half a million over on another social audio app. Um, Jeremiah was kind enough to, through friendship, to you know introduce me to social tokens. I was very new to the space, wasn't really that cognizant of it. I'm a medical doctor. I'm interested in tech and AI. And AI was very much what I was talking about those days. So this crypto world was, was very kind of new to it. And I, I was like, cool, was a bit slow on it. And Jeremiah kept pushing me. He was like, hey, doctor, have a look at this. Have a look at that. Look, I can help you. 
and it was a very kind gesture and 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 it took as we know with human behavior as a human behavior show often when we're unfamiliar with something we're very slow to adopt it right we kind of avoid it and, and that's kind of where i was i guess the behavior i was exhibiting and that continuous as i say marketing you see something seven times and you end up doing it right jeremiah is repetitive you know keeping me in the loop with what's happening or what's to come a year before web3 became big help me be like okay okay let me go with rally let me make a social token even though no, i don't know what this is i'll find out and i made dotcoin which is you know the the human behavior uh, community token and still i would i would say i, I jeremiah gave me a lot of use cases how to best man- uh, implement it and i would say i was still a little slow because the learning and in september it became transactable on coinbase and at that point i knew okay this is an opportunity I've been I've been not sleeping on, but I've been a bit slow with. So I really supercharged the way I started using my dot coin with my community, re- using it to reward moderators, using it to give access to specific content to certain members, um, and also people hosting in in my community as well. So there was a lot of different use cases that dot coin had, and being on something like Coinbase, it made obviously monetary value extractable. So obviously with the creator economy we talk about how platforms can reward creators and and Colin is a great example of that they are looking at creators and and they are rewarding them for the content they produce which is very unique especially in the social audio space and other spaces as well and it makes them stand out but otherwise i would say rally was was the company that actually rewarded me for what i was doing on other social media platforms because it made it a value exchange and something that for the content i was producing i could directly benefit from in a monetary sense as well as um bringing the community together doing drops things like that and i have some stuff planned for dotcoin coming up um that i'm waiting to launch as well and pick up on that again but that's essentially i think the economy where we're going we're going towards this web3 decentralization where creators are more in control um, we no longer have platforms that dictate terms. You have users who are empowered. And I think being a creator and, and also being a founder and owning a platform, my relationship wellness up Amelie, I can see why this is the way to go. And I can see why there's been so much hype around Web3. Um, and, you know, being a founder, I understand like we, we want to have complete autonomy, but essentially an app or a product is only successful as long as the users make a lot of the strategic d- decisions of what they want, what they want to see. And you've seen, and I've seen apps that had a lot of hype in the pandemic, House Party being one of them, don't want to name any others, but because they did not engage with the community or listen to the community, the super users, they lost way. They lost engagement. They lost some of their user group. They lost that, uh, that head start they had. And that's why I would advise for startups and for, you know, even consumer wellness apps where I more specialize in to really be listening to what the end user really wants and what they desire and building for that, building for what they want and what your super users want rather than having a roadmap independent of that. And I was speaking to one of my friends who had the second episode on Colin on the Human Behavior Show, uh, Homera, who, who hosts with me from time to time. And she has a Walze, a remote startup, a recruitment startup. And she talks about DAOs and DAOs are a whole interesting game as well, how people can come in, execute projects and get paid for what they do, right? And what they're capable of. And almost she was saying, instead of CVs and LinkedIn profiles, you'll be recruited on proof of uh, proof of skills in terms of what projects you've carried out 
and you'll be paid accordingly. And you can be part of multiple DAOs working, you know, if you're a software developer or whatever, and therefore you're not constrained to one company. So the way we work, you know, I'm a big believer in remote work has changed for a number of companies we work. I, I believe in diversification of portfolio that I want to be doing, using my skill sets in multiple ways. Um, and that I find is a more enjoyable, b more cognitively rewarding, and you, you don't get bored, so you're more imaginative. And c innovative. Innovation comes from when we can think of multiple ideas and bring them together, and that's when we truly get new ideas. If you can master or get eighty percent good enough at a few different skills, so for example, for me, it would be medicine. Um, I went to business school, and then I understand tech. That intersection gives me three different perspectives, which often can can birth new ideas and new developments. And we need more and more people to be multi-hyphenates for true innovation to occur. And I think the pandemic in terms of tech was very positive. Um, we saw acceleration in tech. We saw an acceleration of, of, of wellness and people looking at their health stats and even people understanding things like O2 measurements. And that is here to stay. And then secondly, remote work. Um, I've been a fan of remote work for years. I think the autonomy, the ability for you to get your work done productively, not being stuck in a constrained office environment that may not be optimal for your functioning or the way you do work um, is something that is important to me. And, and we see Gen Z choosing now for lifestyle over salary even, right? The digital nomad life is super popular. We're in the experience economy. People want to travel and enjoy um, you know, and still get their work done. I know it's not possible for all jobs, for jobs what it is. So I 100% believe the future is remote. Um, I know with Elon, what he said, a lot of companies are trying to get people to come back to the office, but I don't think they're going to win out. I think uh, for me, if a company tries to do that, I would 100% prefer a company that was fully remote. I mean, that's a lifestyle choice I choose to make and I want autonomy over, you know, my life decisions. So Thanks, guys, for listening. This was a super interesting episode with my friend Jeremiah. Um, we hope to do a few more episodes this week. Have an interesting one coming up on sleep, one on, um, you know, another follow-up on skin. And then we have Hala, the biggest uh, podcast, one of the largest podcasters um, on LinkedIn. She'll be coming over and sharing. She's interviewed the likes of the Netflix CEO. She's um, also um, interviewed CEOs of many different companies, uh, as well as Near Ayal, the behavioral um, champion, the, the author of the book, Hooked. So I'll be trying to get them on call in as we go as well. And in the upcoming episodes, I'm trying to arrange some bigger guests. The first, ep first episode, the first few months of this was just to set the scene, understand my background, understand my story, understand the people around me, and really get a sense of, 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 of tech, health, and psychology. And now we're ready to move to the next phase where we get some of these superstars on the episodes and we try and hit you know, the big ones and, and get people really interested. So that's kind of my roadmap for this podcast. Thank you for being with me for these two months. And I look forward to continuing. Thank you, everyone. And please subscribe to the Human Behavior Show. Thanks, everyone. Bye.